<laughs> is Slahy really getting a beer? Slahy went to get a beer. That's how he's starting the show. That's a college kid. What are you drinking, uh, Holmberg? Margarita. A delicious margarita. I started to make it in the cup, but I'm like, then I'd have to get up and refill it a bunch. So just made it. The Caliendo Cast. With Frank Caliendo. John Holmberg. Scott Long. And the rest of the Caliendo crew. It's the most important podcast in the history of Western civilization. John, you look like you're in a movie. I know most of this is for the. Let's just get off the visuals because it's <laughs> all I can do is look at you, and you look like a sick Terminator. That's. <laughs> I already left. I left. I'm gone. He's in the air, Cohagen. I can't do it. I've got AIDS. <laughs> I love that it's Cohagen. Cohagen, open Go my chest. <laughs> I watched Total Recall yesterday, and I'm like, wow, we were easily entertained in the 80s. The sets are <laughs> horrible. horrible. So many movies. So I've been watching with my kids, and it's embarrassing that I think oh. that these movies are good. I yeah. mean – Much uh, as – give me a list, because I still think all oh. what you described is fantastic, John. Also, go back and watch the original Clash of the Titans with the – Oh my, I, 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 When motion. I was a kid, I, I thought Clash of the Titans was bad when I was young. But man, really? total recall. Within like the first minute, I'm like, man, is this bad? And I, and I sat through the whole thing laughing because, you know, I mean, it's. I think McBain from The Simpsons kind of ruined it all because it's just so campy now. Yeah. But I, we just ate it alive, and those terrible Disney rocks and the sets of Mars <laughs> are so bad. But well, it was in his mind, it might not have been real, John. What? I don't know what you're saying. We left but it the- open. You can't tell. <laughs> You never know. Every once in a while, you think you're in the right place, then you think you're in Mars, and then you're not in Mars, but it's all in your head. I want to go back to Clash of the Titans for a second before we get to Scott uh, telling us some movies he's watched. But Clash of the Titans was so bad, (sighs) even Herbie the Elf was like, I still want to be a dentist. This is awful. (laughs) It was better than Rankin and Bath, but not by much. Terrible, that one. Scott, what movies have you been watching? There's not many. Brutal. Okay, well, you know, John brought up Total Recall, so I watched the first Terminator, which was done real cheaply. So I'm not expecting much, but it's, you know, people used to say, wow, they really made that look great for how much money it is. Yeah, 1984. It looks horrible. It's awful. the, The movie that I was shocked how bad it was was Speed. Because Speed got really good reviews. No, it didn't. It did. No, it did. No, look at Rotten Tomatoes. Somebody look up Rotten Tomatoes on right Speed now. when they Can came out. Can somebody explain to Scott he doesn't need to yell the whole time, too? <laughs> <laughs> That's well, when, you're pas- when you're passionate about a movie. Well, look, I, I kind of discovered, and I'll get back to the movies, why I yell. When I first started on this show. But there stop was yelling. Some- it's just a well, I can't. It's my new role. I'm just saying, I'm like Lewis Black. But funny. Okay. Around, I'm going to help funny. you. Scott, quiet. I'm going to help you. Stop okay. yelling. 94% See, on the critics. With that's speed. pretty good. That's wow. amazing. Okay. The, the, the viewers gave it a 76, so they kind of disagreed. Right. But that's right. big. Shoot him in that's the leg. A, Shoot him in the yeah. leg. Dennis Hopper <laughs> is ridiculously bad in this movie. He is, like, he is such a, a farce as the bad guy. Okay, so he's terrible. Keanu Reeves 
is not good in this. He's not good. And then first, you have to name something he's good in. Is he? Yeah, is he good in anything? Not much. By the no. way, before you keep going, Scott, I don't mean to interrupt, no. but all the sound effects people are hearing are John drinking his margarita <laughs> poolside, and he doesn't care what what people hear in the background. Should we care anymore? We're all gonna die. Yeah. So, no. I, there's. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> I, I think for some reason I didn't realize I had five other people on the line that are actually really afraid of the virus, and I hit a nerve there. <laughs> that got oh. real quiet. <laughs> I'm drowning in student debt. There's nothing I'm 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 living for right now. Oh no no no! All right, no, no. <laughs> All right Scott. Okay, so here's one that's gonna be very controversial, especially the old vacation. The original vacation. Stop it. Kind of good, not very good, not Stop great. Have you, when's the last time, time you've seen it, John? You, you, when's the last well, time you, you know all the jokes? It's like a George Carlin special. No, 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 no. I had not seen this movie since it initially came out, so I didn't remember much besides Christine Brinkley and some of that stuff. <laughs> it's, it's okay, it's okay. There's very oh. few things that are holding up. Um, the first Die Hard is okay, that's not bad. I watched that, that one. A, that one's a little silly. What I love about the old 80s movies, though, like Total Recall and Die Hard, is they're just reckless abandon to shoot everybody until it's time to get to the guy in charge of it all. He's the one you want to shoot the most. And once <laughs> when, when, uh, when uh, Arnold got to Cohagen and Total Recall, it was all just talk. Like they, I mean, he killed hundreds of people on the hallway walk to Cohagen. And then Cohagen, the best part in Total Recall is, he finally gets to the end where it's that alien press down thing. Going to give them the air. And then Cohagen turns the light on. Don't do it. Not so fast. And I'm like, well, why don't you just shoot him? Everybody <laughs> talks for like 10 minutes. What are you doing, Cohagen? It's what we have to do. You push that and the aliens will kill everybody. But I'm like, this is the stupidest thing ever. Everyone's going to die either way. Why did we waste an hour and a half? But I mean, the murder, just uh, all constant murder, constant. And then it gets to the last guy who's been causing it all, and he won't kill him. <laughs> I've got to spare your life because you are very important to me. Without you, I cannot be the Luke Skywalker to your Darth Vader. <laughs> also, you've gone to great lengths to tie things together, so I have to respect you and at least hear your story. <laughs> before you What's really interesting is that on Zoom, John, your, um, your connection pauses sometime but then it just is a pregnant pause and it keeps all the words. Instead of yeah. cutting out some of your words, it's just, what's really interesting is. And I just back. read. Yeah, and then mm -hmm. it comes back. Or you're pausing more than normal. You're Rome pausing. It's great. I pause a lot now. Is it great to outside in my yard? Maybe he was always doing a Zoom call. Rome has always been on Zoom <laughs> with the show. We didn't know. The technology has figured it out. All right, so you guys have been mostly watching movies. That's what, what have you, uh, TV shows I caught up on Better Call Saul. I, uh, oh, John, I, I texted you the, uh, the Heisenberg moment where. Oh, so good. Uh, yeah, he's incredible. Odenkirk yeah, Saul, had, Saul had his moment last week. Bob Odenkirk had his, uh, I am the danger. I am the one who knocks moment when he yelled at Howard on the last episode of Saul. And it is just. Throw your hands up. And, and and but it was to, totally different 
than how Walter White broke. But Walter White was quiet and all pulled together. Uh, Saul goes screaming, and you see him realize, I just became something. Yes. And and afterwards, like, if nobody's watching it, the show's so great. But subtly, uh, Jimmy McGill, who is losing control to Saul, right after Saul's huge, like, I shoot lightning from my fingertips moment, he stops and turns back into Jimmy, almost in that realization, like, I'm not him anymore. He's got me. He wins. And it's such a powerful moment. I mean, Odenkirk, just push all the Emmys to him, all of them, because that was incredible. That show was so good. And you had me set up to for like this can't be as good as you're saying, and then I caught oh. up and I was like, ah, oh, yeah. And it's I knew great. exactly because you didn't tell me the moment what it was. You just said it was going to happen, and I yeah. saw it and I was like, because there are little clicks in between on and off throughout, and then you see it happen in a just a oh. huge fashion, and you're just blown away. And the brilliance of uh, Vince Gilligan and, and Thomas Schnauss, who directs uh, and they both created and write it, that the moments of of telling the audience that he's two people every time you see Saul there's a reflection of half his face in that one part when it when it's obvious there's he's splitting there's just so many little subtle that show is I'm Breaking Bad maybe to me Sopranos Breaking Bad The Wire one two three uh this is creeping up there because it's it's changed Breaking Bad the writing and the dovetailing of the two stories is so good but now if you watch Breaking Bad you know the setup to it it changes how it happens and you realize what a horrible human being Walter White was and all the effort and work that went into building that drug empire before he just came and knocked all the pins down accidentally. And he screwed everything up. He's not an anti-hero. He is the biggest productive uh, force that has ever hit anything. When you rewatch with Saul as the background, God, that show's so good. I want to watch it right now. <laughs> that was almost Gruden ending. It's so good. I want to watch it right now. <laughs> I'm leaving now, man. I'm getting out of here, man. Hey, on, on Gruden, Frank, I'm thinking Joey might be going in and maybe the best Gruden now. Like, I watched him today, his, uh, on your clip, his Gruden was dynamite. He wasn't even, and that was him trying. So, so people who haven't seen it yet, we, I put out a video last night. It was me, Juliet, and I added Joey. Joey has not wanted to be in the Gruden family stay home video. Uh, you know, it was a... I'll tell you what, man, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a little bit of a, uh, a uh, public service announcement. And then I talked to Juliet. She's like, stay at home, work on your, uh, work on your Gruden face. I'm like, where's your brother? He's like, over here, man. <laughs> he yells it out. It's fantastic. And then I cut, him little, uh, cut to him a little closer and he goes, social distancing. Best point <laughs> right now. And it was just it was so good. He made it. He made it. It was his line. It was like nothing. I'm like watching him going, ah, oh, and he, he tailed it off and punched it together. And I was like, ah, oh, that's the, the, but he didn't want to do it. And he started doing it. And then people are saying, oh, it's so good. And, and, and it was, it was great. And he wasn't even totally there. He was kind of doing it, but he was a little bit reluctant. He, he's embarrassed of me. So uh, he totally, he totally had. Uh, yeah, okay. Time, let's get. Can we get into that? What is he embarrassed about you specific? Like, what's the last thing that he's been really embarrassed that you've put out or something that? Oh, just me being alive. It doesn't even matter what it is. <laughs> You're his dad. How can you can't be a cool dad? I know. Ever. It's so funny. So many people think Frank is cool and we know he's not, but a lot of yeah. people think he is. But then his son is embarrassed by him, even though like 
my son thinks you're amazing because you have lots of viewers. I thought you were saying That's money. all he cares about. <laughs> does it bother he, you? Because I'm not a father, but does it bother you that uh, he's capable of thinking like your friends are cool, but you're not? Like your friends are famous, your friends are comedians, and you're the same. Like you're, you're a comedian, you're that. But your son looks at you like, oh, doofus, dad. No, but no, he, he, he judges me. He judges – great question. He judges me. First off, he'll look right up and he'll go, Frank Scott, and how many Twitter followers you got? I don't know. Frank, um, around four, About 400,000. Okay, about 400,000. Without and trying got, for uh, seven or eight years. Right, okay. Well, I, I seemingly have never tried because I got about 4,000. And he judges me off of that. And then he's like – but then he judges you – as Holmberg pours basically a big gulp size margarita. While there we're it is. <laughs> Drink from the bottle. <laughs> Cocktail. I got and, nothing to do, man. But but then he gets mad at you. I haven't told you this. He's like, why doesn't Frank try harder on YouTube? Because my son <laughs> judges everybody off of YouTube. Like he doesn't care about TV. Yeah. He both my son and daughter that are twelve everything is YouTube to them. And like, what was the one dude that you were on early on? You were on his show, Frank, that's huge on YouTube. Oh, Logan uh, Paul. Logan Paul. That was the most impressive moment uh, uh, of any of my friends ever that you were with him where I don't even know who this is really. So, yeah, well, I, it, it's just a length of time and putting in, when you do a YouTube video, I think of YouTube videos as being two, three, four, five minutes. That's a lot more effort. So what I've been working on is learning how to put the videos together and what works, and then I'll transfer more stuff over to YouTube. But I have the Twitter following. I don't have the, the YouTube because I haven't worked at that. But that's, that's essentially the reasoning there. Um, it's just because it takes that much more effort and you have to put... The weird thing about YouTube is this. All YouTubers... Um, are making they make a bunch of money not as much as they used to because they changed some of the stuff but every youtuber is in the eyes of kids on a huge pedestal but every youtuber also just wants to be on tv or on a movie they the reality is they don't want to be internet sensation we just talked to pat mcafee and that's how he always gets labeled and we've, I've talked about it with him a little bit. It's annoying because he's an entity. He's a mogul at this point. He's becoming a mogul. But people still go to him and say, you are the social media guy. You're the Twitter guy. And there's a weird thing that, just like me with impressions, John Radio, all of us, people say, you're this and you're compartmentalized. And that's why I didn't get into a lot of the stuff on social media in the beginning. I already was so pigeonholed in different things. It's like, Ah, but now I'm going to be the sports impressionist from the internet and yeah. sports and impressions were enough. And then three things. But now what you see is they look at your followers. They look at your hits and stuff like that. You go into somebody's office an executive and they, they, they use that to figure that you can help market the movie. That's money. There's money there. Yeah. 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 So, you know, what's funny about that is because, because of this podcast and stuff, and you're right. People just need, and I'm guilty of it, you need to compartmentalize somebody in a space. Like, you have to for some reason. So when I tell people, you know, they, they'll, they'll ask what I do and whatever, and they'll say, and they know me from radio, but I'll say, I'm also doing this podcast with Frank Caliendo. It's pretty good. And they're like, oh, you're trying to break free? And I'm like, <laughs> you can't do two things. You're not allowed. It's just not a thing in their brains. It's like, oh, 
you're obviously the Frank Caliendo thing's national, so you're trying to get out of radio, right? And I'm like, no, I love it. I love what we do. Yeah. But, and, but, yeah, but people... this, this is like me trying to say, I'm better than what I'm doing. I have to jump into this bigger thing. It's just a co it. It coexist. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I asked I, I asked Elon uh, this on because I went Instagram live with him, and I said Holmberg thought you were really uh, you really didn't want to come on at the beginning. You didn't look like you really wanted to be That's on the podcast. That's what you said. No, you said it. <laughs> I know. I'm just blaming you too, so I okay, didn't look just, like a dick. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll be, <laughs> yeah, it's I'll be, we uh, were talking me, about. You know what? Call me uh, call me Sean Scott. Um, <laughs> So I asked him about it and, uh, and uh, he said this, he goes, well, here's the truth. I go, that's what I want. I don't want you to make yeah. up an answer. Tell me the truth. He said, he goes, I think, he goes, I hate podcasts, first of all, because they're usually terrible. And secondly, he goes, I think of you as this impressionist guy who's, you know, people say the word legend, but it's so ridiculous because no. that means it's over, first of all. Um, By the way, can I interrupt here, Frank? Try putting the word local in front of it and feel good about it. Oh, yeah. It, it not only is it alliteration, but yeah. <laughs> it's the, yeah, it's like adding sports impressionist from the internet. Local right, legend, just, horrific. It, yeah. It crushes you. You're a local treasure, but you can't go any further than the boundaries of this state or city. Uh, well, then I feel good because I keep getting national treasure and I don't know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even upset that I'm not international. Uh, <laughs> So he said this, he goes, he goes, I, he goes, I hate podcasts, first of all. And second of all, I, he goes, I think you're too good for a podcast. You, you should be doing your own show. And I go, well, that's kind of what the podcast is, is yeah. us developing and me developing into my own personality as opposed for you waiting for me to do, uh, uh, you know, John Gruden all the time, which is still what happens on a lot of my social media stuff. But the podcast is people who listen to the podcast go, oh, there's so much more to what you guys are talking about. It's not just the impressions. I go, well, that's the whole point of this show. The podcast allow you to be natural. Like we say, that's that way people can see you that you're authentic, not just being on a show, not being, uh, you know, like Holmberg has on the radio where he has to limit himself to certain, you know, words and stuff like that. A podcast at least helps you be authentic. I think that's what I think is best. Yeah, that's the hard the part. Yeah, that's the hard part is that nobody – people want authenticity. People want that. That's, that's always what wins. But in Frank's case, and I totally see this, is they want you to be what they like you to be. And when you try to leave it, they're uncomfortable, not you. It's not – it's their discomfort with it. And so, yeah, and, and people literally – like I get – I, I always kind of chalk it up to envy and it's probably the wrong word. But when people are like, Oh, I see what you're doing. You're trying to tag in with Frank. And do it. I'm like, no, I, I would gladly keep doing what I'm doing. It's been great to me. You don't do something for 20 years and say, this sucks. I need more. You just hope it kind of branches out into more stuff. Unless it's stand up, Then you do actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that what, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. There's levels of that. Well, radio too, to a certain degree. It's just whether or not, if you do it for 20 years in 14 different States, you're a gypsy. But, but there's brutal. something too that you don't want to stop doing the, the element that got you there. You want to right. keep hey, I'm doing afraid it. to leave. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm afraid to walk away from it. But in a way, it's know. almost like going to the gym and just doing bench curls every day. Yeah. You, do that, you do that new exercise and everybody goes, what are you doing? Jose, he calls them <laughs> bench curls. I, <laughs> I, I was going to say, what, what the curls. hell? What the hell? You the and I know curl? those are preacher curls, Jose. <laughs> Men in the know. 
We know. And for People some reason, it turns me into Will Arnett. By the way, I love <laughs> Jose's duct tape uh, weights at his house. <laughs> it's not my house. It's my buddy Felix. <laughs> oh, are sure. You are, are you, are you at someone else's home? Yeah. Where are you? No, not right now. This is my spot. See, there, see, I'm working on the animation. This is my oh, spot. Don't, you're, you're so Mexican. Can't you respect one border and just stay <laughs> inside of it? <laughs> No, 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 no. I, like to, I like to jump. I have, to, especially if there's a wall. I just feel froggy. Oh, I just want to just Jose, jump. stop leaving the house. This is killing. I know you don't understand this. You can Google it later. This is killing Frank and mine's 401ks. Crushing <laughs> us because you guys won't listen. Not the Mexicans, just people who, well, Frank finished that for me. <laughs> can, can I, I, I don't want to interrupt the two legends here. A second. Uh, <laughs> local and national. <laughs> Local and a national treasure, um, Jose. If you're if you can't visualize it, Jose, you're wearing a tank top, and I didn't know how ripped you were until I saw this video. Actually, Scott, ever... Scott, that's a long sleeve shirt. That's just yeah. how ripped he is. Yeah, oh, it's shirt, the shirt makes it look come out of it. Yeah, it, yeah. the shirt makes it look this way. I was going to yeah. ask, do you ever do you ever wear anything but a tank top? Because if I was like ripped like that, I, that's all I would wear is a tank top. Like when you see like a, a bodybuilder dude and you're not in great shape, and I've been in pretty good shape in my life, I'm not now. And uh, I understand, like I would look at a guy like that and go, Jesus, dude, put it away. But if I was in that shape, I would never put it away. I would always, you know, walk around like that. So do, do you feel like when you put on a normal shirt, do you feel like you're cheating like yourself? The world no, society? No, <laughs> yes. it's, complete, it's the complete opposite. I actually feel more uncomfortable wearing a tank top, but it gets so fucking hot out here that I'm uh, just like, I, here, I, I have to. Uh, let me answer for so, a little bit. No, I, answer. I, I don't feel, I, I, I honestly, like, I'd rather wear a t-shirt. Yeah. I'd rather wear so a, a t-shirt most of Look, the time. Look, the answer to your question is when he tries to put on a normal shirt, <laughs> It's so hard, the sleeves rip off anyway. So why not just <laughs> cut to the chase? Same reason I don't wear pants. <laughs> I well, gotta be I honest can't, with you. I can't. As a national legend, treasure, <laughs> I couldn't come up with a better answer than you did locally, John. <laughs> well, you know, I'm in my area. If I, was, if I was in Tucson or somewhere else, I wouldn't have been as good. It's all the bench curls that I do that yeah. make me this huge. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Bench curls. I would fire my trainer in bench curls. Can I ask you guys something? This is strange. This is just COVID related, but not in a complainy way. The social cues are going to change. Trump yesterday was talking about shake, handshakes going away and stuff. And uh, that's my social cue to end a conversation with a guy I'm trying to walk away from. Or you do the, well, see you later. And you put your hand out or like, I got to go. And the handshake is the cue to go. This conversation's over. Donald? John, we're no longer doing handshakes. We're ending conversations by grabbing them by the pussy. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> Doctor, you can, you can tell me that, that it's, it's impossible to transmit the disease from hand to pussy. Tell me the truth, be honest. So I, I don't know what to do. That's the I've most already... positive thing that's happened from the COVID virus. I think this is wonderful that now this is our new cure yeah, I have no problem back with the old times. Are we going to bow? What are we going to do? How are we going to get out of it with a guy who won't shut up? Question. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because you said that, John, how, mm -hmm. how much is, has the COVID-19, how much has that been traveling in 
Japan, where they do bow as opposed they bow. to... Great question. Great question. Because yesterday in the, in, the, in the Daily Presser, Trump brought up, like he said, I didn't, he even said, he said, I didn't realize until the research came in front of me that the flu is transmitted like 70% of the time through contact by hand. Like handshakes or, you know, just people's hands touching stuff. So your hands are doing it. So if we washed our hands and stopped touching each other, you'd, you'd get rid of 30% of the flu too. So now, now, when I was in Vegas working, I would do those uh, meet and greets afterward when I was at uh, the um, Monte Carlo. And that, they want you to do those, especially when you first start. Is, uh, you know, it would be after the show. It was nice to meet some people, but, you know, so many people come through. I realized in the first couple of months, I was sick constantly from shaking yeah. so many hands. And then I started traveling with Purell all the time or bringing Purell with me even when I'd go on the road. And it was a lot better of a situation. But I, I didn't realize how much, how many of those germs were transmitted just by touching. And I got to the point where I was like, I, I can't take these chances anymore. I don't want to get sick. And then I started, I didn't go Howie Mandel, but it was in that, right. that realm where you just get I'll away. I'll tell you this. I think that that type of behavior, this is weird because he was a friend of mine, but I think it killed Ralphie May to a certain extent. He had pneumonia for three months and he kept doing his job at Bally's and, he, and they made him do the meet and greets afterwards. And he's like, I'm sick. I can't get better, but I keep, I keep hanging around people and it just, I can't kick this. Now he worked himself into the ground and he wasn't the healthiest guy, obviously, but he, he was very handsy and stuff. And they said, that's probably, I'm not surprised comedians don't get sick more often as much as you guys have to glad hand people. I think, I think people probably do, but not as many people did the, the, you know, I don't know the meet and greet thing. It depends on who the person is. Scott, did you did you do a lot of meet and greet or did yeah back back? No, in the what, day? what what I did was I would be behind a table, you know, selling shirts. So right. I rarely had to shake anybody's hand. I would just sell them a shirt, and uh, basically that's kind of the business I am in now. Yeah. I'm coming up with shirt ideas all the time, trying to sell them online because uh, there's you know I, I, I'm not going to make any money, and the whole idea of unemployment coming to waiters and waitresses and bartenders and comedians for the first time. Well, they have no program for that. They said yeah. they're going to do it, but none of the states have the laws for it. So nobody's been able to file even yet. People are like, oh, you'll be able to get some money. Even my friend who I do my uh, other podcasts with, who's a financial expert, I'm like, dude, they don't exist. So then he looks at it and he's like, ooh, I'm sorry about that. So, no, I don't shake hands, but like the shirt I'm wearing now, uh, pure hell, sanitized for your protection, for your pleasure, for your pleasure is my t-shirt. So I sell those, that, but you know, I feel like I'm in that business. What are some, hold on, what are some other shirts, Scott? What's that? What are some other shirts? I've got one, uh, Dr. Fauci, uh, Anthony Fauci, 2020 for president. Yeah. Those ones are doing well. Uh, here's a great, I, I got a question for everyone. I read this today. There I don't want to, hold one, on. I don't want you to move off yet. Hold on. Okay. You know who you should talk to about shirts? Holmberg. It, he's hit Holmberg would have a machine. You, John has, I know you don't do shirts, John, but the, the things you have come up with. Uh, yeah. Just yeah, oh, constantly. Yeah. yeah. I got a lot of them, but Okay. Yes, send them my way. My new, my new shirt is I'm Essential Bro, 
because some guy called us the other day and said, Where are you working? Or are you at home? And he goes, No, I'm essential, bro. Well, oh my gosh. I realized at that moment, that's, hey, great. that's a great t shirt or hat. And second, it's an incredible thing to say. And it made us all realize that this won't be cured with the phrase, Dude, I cured it. It's never going to happen. We have to rely on much smarter people. This is kind of on that <laughs> subject. Okay. So I read there was one president who was, uh, who had left the White House, was taken on vacation while he was still president and was reading a book about the 1918 Spanish flu. And he got so freaked out about it that he went back and said, this is our number one thing we need to focus on. They created a program for it. They, he, he put it in the, in the budget for $7 billion. Who do you think that president is? Who would you guess? Seven, seven billion. It has to be Obama. No. Nope. Billion. Bush. Bush. Which Bush? Uh, let me see. There you go. Who guessed? He was. Wow. Bush. Bush was reading a book. Yeah. And let's hear about it, Frank. What's your theory? Well, I was uh, I was reading <laughs> Clifford the Big Red Dog, <laughs> and I said this dog is like one of those Spanish viruses, and because uh, the dog's everywhere just getting into everything and you can't clean up. So I, I, I just went, I thought to myself, Hey, it was it, it, that. And then curious George was the, it, it, it bridged and curious George. Turned was in into, turned into well. mutant. Yeah. You were kind of curious, George. I, I was at that point. That's, I knew yeah. exactly what, what the Sp Spanish flurus was. <laughs> A fluvirus, a fluvirus, which is also in toothpaste. Yeah, you want to know how how dirty? Uh, like we look at our politics as like this weird, you know, nobody knows what they're doing. Look up James Garfield's assassination because he was shot in a train or bus station by a guy who shot him twice. Turned around and literally because we were they were just tougher than us. Two bullets in his back. He turns and he goes, "What's this then?" That's the quote everybody said. That was what he said. The doctors were so filthy digging around for the bullets. That's what he died from six that, months later. Isn't that the same situation with Lincoln? Didn't Lincoln die? Oh, well, Lincoln's 1863. So he was going to die from dirty and everything. Yeah, his head also kind of popped up. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, he he lived for two days, but they didn't. He was in a barn. They were doing the the uh, the, the medical procedures in a barn. And uh, tear it into his, his skull with their filthy hands. They didn't have disinfectant ready. They didn't have it. And the fact that everybody keeps going, well, in Spanish flu times, in Spanish flu, look, I'm not, I'm not relying on anything they did as the answer. I'm relying on everything they did as the problem. So let's avoid everything. The fact that they're saying, well, in Spanish flu times, we social distance. 50 million people died. So let's not do anything they did. Now that I'm looking into it, it's horrifying. But shaking hands has to go. That's got to stop. I, th I feel I, like that was on the way out already, though. It, yeah. it, it, now it just kind of got it's it, it got the button on it where we, we shouldn't be doing that anymore. So Lito can tell you because I've kind of been uh, labeled as a weirdo. I'm not Howie Mandel germ freak. I just don't like dirty hands or wet. So our station always has concerts and stuff. And I have to wander around. People are like, oh, my God. They want to shake hands. And I literally, I'll have either Purell attached to me or a bottle in my pocket and I'll shake their hand and right in front of them, I'll squirt it on my hand and they're like, you're such a freak. I'm like, no, I'm not. You'll see someday. 
and it really only right. take it really only takes one like sweaty or clammy hand oh. to handshake where you just kind of realize, all right, that's enough. I'll look at someone's hand and say I'm not shaking that. I'll tell them I'm like <laughs> that's disgusting. I'm not sure. And, and goes, look, come on, I work on engines. I'm like, does that make you immune to the sink and lava stuff? Okay, work th on this the, is a good work question. On water. Okay, on that subject, if it's a white person, you feel like you can do that, right? But if it wasn't a white person, no, no, it doesn't matter to him. Come on, Scott, you should know I am, by now. Scott, I am so bigoted towards all races, not racist. Racist no, means you think you think one race is better than another. I don't like any of them. And I think in groups as a bunch, I, I'll tell you individually, I think your hands are gross. And it's fun, though, when it is like Jose or something. I'm like, and it's because you're Mexican. That just adds a little extra. <laughs> <laughs> is Frank frozen? I want to know this. Um... There he is. <laughs> no, you, you were Max headrooming for a second. I was worried. It's the wave. <laughs> <laughs> Well, staying on kind of the subject, because everybody, anybody's talking about coronavirus stuff, obviously. It's just in everybody's mind. But have you been paying attention to the news? Um, first of all, by, by just a yay or nay, who has been watching the news? I have not been watching any news at all. Nay. Zero. Nay. Zero. Yay. Love it. <laughs> Especially local news. Can't get enough. Yeah, but you're watching, you're watching the fluffy bunny stories. No, no they're not doing that. that. Oh, no. no hardly. Around, but here's the fun thing. And I didn't realize this. This will really add to that local problem we had earlier. Call back to that. All the people that are brought, like the weather people, sports people, everybody is broadcasting from their own homes. Mm -hmm. Right. And you really, you start looking and you're like, wow, the weather girl there on Channel 3 has got kind of a nice pad. But every one of them has three to five Emmys behind them. Ah. And like, how easy is it to win? A local news Emmy. All of them, the bad ones, the new ones, people I've never seen before, are at home and they're placing their Emmys all over behind. Like, man, there just must be an Emmy show every two weeks. It would be I funny. Really if, it would be funny if a camera guy walked by with his Emmy and then the person <laughs> comes in when they move the rug they've and they got, got their Emmy. they put it on the table, move the rug. I, I, I would on the news thing, Frank. I would I would recommend for everyone is one of our listeners to spend one hour watching CNN and then watch one hour of Fox news. And you would not think anything is going on the same no. in the world. It's amazing. I was watching them both and I'm like, Holy crap. I mean, and there's not a middle, I don't know where that would be, but both of them are at their most extreme right now. It's like crazy land. And then my wife watches, uh, ABC News, the one with David Muir, and yeah. everyone is like a male model on that show. <laughs> in this point right now, in the coronavirus times, I have a rule. I don't want to listen to one expert that's more than a five. Uh, anybody hotter than a five, I don't want to get my news from you. You've not put in the effort and the yeah. knowledge. You didn't have to spend time at the library. I want to hear ugly people. I want to hear ugly people on CNN, CNBC. I don't want yeah. to hear anyone talking about my finances. I want to see Jim Cramer, not a hot yeah. chick. I'm in that place right now. Well, what I've, yeah, what that's, we've, we've all used too much you porn. That's why the hot chick thing. We're burned out on hot chicks right now. I'm with you. <laughs> but the thing is, you, you look up their qualifications, and I know that's a real loose term. 
none of yeah. them know anything. They're all just got BAs in journalism or nothing, nothing else. I think one girl had a, had a minor in biology, but she quit halfway through and then she got her journalism degree. They don't know anything. None of them on any network. On any you're network. so true. I have a BA in journalism. I can promise you, you're exactly right, Toledo, on this one. I know yep. nothing about yep. anything. I have a, a bachelor's in journalism. Yeah, it's a false sense of, of knowledge and, and expertise to watch some of these things go on. And what I'm learning, and I watched the documentary years ago that said Watergate changed journalism to be uh, facts to gotcha. <clears throat> and that's really where it started. Like, because, you know, the TV ratings were, were news was important all of a sudden. And they started to realize this is an entertainment industry. So every time I watch Fox and every time I watch CNN, I realize it's a television show first. It's for, it's for ratings. It's for uh, advertising dollars. And they need to do it the way they do it. I actually watch it for the entertainment value. And I'm shocked how often guests jump in and fall right into their traps. Uh, oh, yeah. The who's governor got, of, who's got birds going on? What's the birds? Are those? Homebird. Homebird. I, I have to tell you, lovebirds in my palm trees. It's, it's like I live in Snow White's house. They were released in Phoenix years ago and got loose. But now there's lovebirds everywhere in north central Phoenix. I've got loads of little parrots that live in They're amazing. So that a little flock of them just. So there's lovebirds outside the house. And also, from what we know, lovebirds oh, inside no. the house. Oh, yeah. no. We call those F-birds inside. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to see the outside of Holmberg's house. I didn't know I, I was looking at John Exotic, who uh, has his own <laughs> There's another bird thing. King. How fast did America destroy that? I've, I've complained that we haven't had a commonality for 15 years. And that's, that's why we're, we're so broken up. We finally have one. And I hate that we do because this gold rush to comedy has me mad. I don't want another Joe Exotic meme. I don't want to see anybody do anything remotely close to it. And I enjoyed that documentary. So I text Frank immediately. You got to watch this. This is like huge. And within a day, Frank and I are like, we could do this. We could do that. And then we watch everybody and their brother, like a seventh grade slumber party, tape themselves in a wig, just quoting it. Like, I, this, is, this is ruined. It's been mined down to the bone marrow. It's I, believe, so I believe it's what, what would have happened with the crocodile hunter had the internet yeah. been around at that point. It would have been everybody, there he is, that whole thing. Yeah. Um, what, what about Total Recall, like Arnold Schwarzenegger? So the, so the, um, the, the Tiger, um, Tiger King was everywhere too. In fact, it was, I saw it on all the different news feeds. It was coronavirus and, and Tiger, uh, Tiger King. But I want to go through, this is, I, I don't understand websites in terms of uh, news. So Queen Elizabeth, this is CNN. Queen Elizabeth calls for unity among, among pandemic and rare televised address. This nurse demonstrates how, just how fast germs spread, even if you're wearing gloves. Pappers plea for Trump. This is not about winning a news cycle on Fox. Two workers at the same Walmart store die of coronavirus. Sit down, Jake Gyllenhaal. Lolo Jones just won the Tom Holland handstand challenge. <laughs> like there's no separation. You're just scrolling down. And the next one is Blackwell Press's pastor. How can you be pro-life and keep your church open? This super yacht is designed to vanish in the water. It, it, like the, the way it's insanity. all together doesn't make sense for the way human beings would talk. No. No, it's a grab. 
it's a grab at it's basically making us all bipolar because i read a thing like you thought it was bad millions possibly could die tom brady's new house in tampa like what's <laughs> happening to my head i can't jump that way that fast you know it's it, we used to do it with news like when they'd be like i had three babies found in the well in the burning pool terrible terrible news we'll be right back with uh, the weather it's like oh my god i'm gonna yeah. how am i gonna talk about weather now this is the worst thing i've ever heard but we're we're used to it we can well, make these leaps now we'll get to a local bomb scare right after this commercial yeah. <laughs> how about this some made joke about a coronavirus baby boom here's why you shouldn't try to conceive in quarantine next story a fire at a florida airport destroyed more than 3500 rental cars stelter pro-trump media is trying to bury his failures then will you get your stimulus cash and how a new york woman played her husband frank read them as bill walton because that's his thought process <laughs> it's almost Larry King, too, isn't it? Yeah. A fire at a Florida airport destroyed more than 3,500 rental cars. Stelter. Pro-Trump media is trying to bury his failures. <laughs> Get your stimulus cash and how a New York woman played her husband their wedding song on FaceTime as he passed away from coronavirus. I should have read this before. Larry King live from New York, man who narrated an expletive-filled video depleting people on social distancing has been arrested. Also, three warning signs if your dog is crying for help. <laughs> <laughs> Those are literally the first two things I popped up on. You're right. Yeah, that's perfect. That's Larry King. The, the only thing, the only <laughs> thing crazier than looking at CNN.com to me has been, and I sent this stuff to John the other day too, is looking at ESPN.com. Oh, yeah. They have nothing. And I actually went and looked at FoxSports.com. Fox Sports actually sticking to sports. They have wrestling and stuff, but that's one of their properties. So it, it makes sense there at least, I guess. But I, I pulled up ESPN.com, and they're doing stories on NBA players playing video games against each other. Yeah. They've got horse. Yeah. They're trying to the, schedule a game of horse. I, I don't know. I, I just look at this stuff and go, how can you – I guess I get there isn't really big news, but you've always tried to stick to the news of the day and not do this kind of stuff. It's so off-brand and so weird that I don't even know what to think. Uh, and, and that's the stuff that's at the top, and then you scroll down, and there are the actual – sports stories that right. up they have to do with the draft. I almost feel, and I saw this a while ago happening. I almost feel like they're using this as a chance to go that sensational way because they have a reason. Because I saw for a while at ESPN.com, they were doing these uh, buildups of video games and video game tournaments. They might've bought some stock in it or something. Yeah. Or yeah. The, NBA owns, the NBA owns, has their own, each NBA team has their own, um, 2K video game team, yeah, it's for whatever 2K. it's called. 2K has yeah. their own 2K league, and they right. yeah. they all have associated teams with NBA squads. The one thing I'll say uh, regarding like ESPN that I think is interesting is like I understand where they're coming from because they're trying to put out new uh, content on their airwaves. So I mean, if they can find a way to get a couple of NBA stars just play video games and fill a block on TV. They're going to do it, and that's why they're pushing that up top. 
I think the other reason is, other than the NFL draft, which they have been pounding story after story after story about the NFL draft, there really isn't anything to talk about uh, sports-wise. So it's just, I mean, I, I feel for these these writers, especially like these breaking news um, social media accounts, like uh, you have Adrian. Williams. I don't, Sean. That's, I don't. That's so hard. Like, how do they do their no, job when there is nothing If you're to any break? good at your job, and we're proving it right now, you'll find a way to do this without leaning on stuff. I'm finding it has exposed a lot of broadcasters and a lot of journalists as people who can't do anything, especially ESPN, Fox Sports. These, these, these talking heads rely so much on a game the night before that they can take a counter opinion, which like you'll watch a game where LeBron scores 48 points and then there'll be some talking head and I'm not going to name names because I just don't want to make it seem like favorites or others that'll go on the next day to tell you why it wasn't impressive. Yeah. Now they're forced to actually talk about something substantive without being given something and they can't. You know, yeah. the guy that they're, 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 Holmberg, the guy that I think really jumps out, who's done a great job. Every, the only person I can really watch on ESPN right now that's not draft coverage is Scott Van Pelt. Yes. Scott Van Pelt's been great. From the, you knew it before. He can talk about anything and make it interesting. He's engaging no matter what. And so and this brings, doesn't surprise me. He's bringing the past. Like he's almost doing his own 30, 30 for 30s during his thing. He's talking about the past, but he's making it relevant. He is so talented. And, yep. But he's been the only one that's been he's allowed to do there aren't There just aren't a lot of people like that. I actually I a message back and forth with a guy out of Columbus, Ohio, Bill Rabinowitz. And I, I said, God, I'm watching all this stuff. I said, what are you doing? Are you writing silly stories? Are they making you write silly stories? He said, no, he's doing stories about, because it's OSU and, and Columbus there, OSU athletes being denied a chance for championships, uh, writing about some of the teams and the situations. The, the real life moments of the people who would be doing things, that's actually interesting and actual journalism to me. Yep. That's yep. not this, we're doing, we're just trying to fill with fancy video game talk. Yep. I just can't. It's the job of a journalist to find the story, not to have the story come to them. Those are accidents. And yep. what about and I think, this? Yeah. In that, in that um, same realm, I remember, and we may have talked about this before. I don't know if I talked about it with Al Jackson or if it was with all of us. It used to be that the news did stories that they saw that were newsworthy. Now, for example, when I went to the CNN.com, Tapper, Jake Tapper, talking about Trump playing to Fox News. They never used to talk about each other in the news. No. They, they didn't acknowledge That's... that another news service existed. Yeah. Well, it's attention it grabbing. Well, that's Howard Stern. I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due. In radio, in radio years ago, they'd say, never talk about your competition, never bring it up. Allude to it at best, never talk by name. When he did that, it created such interest, especially in like local markets where you sit in bat. And now it's, now it's just normal that you sit and, you know, you mention the competition. And I always said, if you can't mention your competition without people wanting to leave to watch them, you weren't doing a good job anyway. So I should be able to mention everything I'm talking about. People should be more engaged by me talking about them than switching over going, they're better than him. I'm going to lose them anyway. 
But, but yeah, I, I think Stern did that to me. Maybe it was somebody before, but I'll give Stern credit on that all day yeah, but, long. But John, Stern, they shouldn't, the news shouldn't be doing what Stern's done. No, totally agree. But Stern set a standard and everybody followed it. Again, like I said before, it's entertainment before it's information. And Stern started to make them realize, here's where the money is. And the news was like, man, we can give Walter. Walter Cronkite was a world government proponent. He wanted a one world. You would never know that ever he was the most trusted man in america but if you ever talk to him personally he would tell you yeah my thoughts on the world are we need one leader and four quadrants he had the world the world one nation thing and you would never guess that he never let his politics creep in johnny carson never knew david letterman up until the last five or six years you never really knew and it, it became a thing where it's like now you have to get personal and you have to attack the opposition and that became entertainment stern won it he still does it better than anybody else always has and the news followed stern which is insane and that just tells me more and more it's entertainment and advertising dollars way before it's truth or information i think that also comes from just the fact that the latest wave of you know politics has been so focused on one side of the of the aisle or the other i mean there's no middle ground anymore and that's that's something that i'm that, that they're yeah. trying to teach now at journalism schools like that's what i've yeah. been I've been taught at ASU now is, is they're trying, I mean, at least give, I'll give credit to at least my school They're They are trying to drive home to be the middle person. Right. Well, so lady, they'll teach you, they'll teach you the right way. Then, and then you'll you get, get into a, a workplace and they yeah. don't care yeah. about it. Exactly. And that's the thing that's weird. Cause I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm curious. Like when, when you say that they're showing you the right ways, they're also probably no sales classes involved. Like, like here's exactly. how the sales department works. And, they're, and once you get into that, everything's changing. Yeah, Every. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, absolutely. And I think most of us, especially now who uh, are the COVID class of 2020, uh, fully understand that, uh, that we're going, I mean, you know, things are going to be different once you get into the workplace. And yeah, you have to deal with ratings, you have to deal with meeting certain quota. I mean, one thing that they have taught us about, and it, it makes a lot of sense when you look on social media, News outlets now have quotas that you have to meet in terms of interactions on social media. So if you're not pushing out certain stories or, you know, uh, different, maybe even agendas, if you want to go that route, you're not going to get as many clicks on your social media account and therefore you're not meeting your quota as a, as a journalist. So I think, yeah. again, it's really the latest wave of politics because in sports, like ESPN's not attacking Fox Sports. Fox Sports isn't really attacking ESPN. Oh, you should listen to Clay Travis or a couple of the other ones. They attack him. Well, that's, again, that kind of goes back to um, John's point of talking heads. There's the talking heads aspect of sports journalism, which is kind of like the politics of that realm. And then there's just, you know, the guys that are anchoring SportsCenter, the guys who are anchoring some other shows on Fox. And women, Sean. And women. women. Guys guys and girls, guys and gals. Gals. I don't. I don't see gender. I don't see. I don't know what Sean's talking about. I haven't seen a gender for two years. I don't know what it looks like. He hates all races. Doesn't see gender. <laughs> By the way, Frank, I'm going. I don't hate all races, Sean. On, jeez, I just think everybody's an idiot. Uh, that doesn't. That's yeah. that sees no boundaries of color, my friend. Can I, I tell I'm you stealing Larry King. Go on, John. Birds. Yeah. I hate birds. <laughs> Are they really driving you nuts? <laughs> I think it has a nice ambiance. John, we're the John, you sound like you sound like your announcer at the Masters. I keep hearing like you oh, know, do that. the birds going in the background. And now we throw it out to 18, where Rory McIlroy is about to tee off. And now the birds are quiet. Really, guys? Really? Now? 
Come on. <laughs> I'm stealing the Larry King idea, Larry, or uh, Frank. That's going to be uh, all day on my show this week is just Larry King reading the, the bipolar headlines because I can't get enough of that. That's hilarious. You remember so. when, uh, it, yeah, it's, it, it, I mean, it's not exactly, but Norm MacDonald would do his Larry, like he'd just read Larry yes. King articles. Yes. Awesome. Oh. And but he that, wasn't, that, that wasn't, was he didn't have to write anything. Right. He just, <laughs> just well, right. they were based, Larry King had a, U, a USA Today column. Yeah. And it was just non sequiturs that would run into non sequiturs. You know, he would just jump from one thing to the other. And it was Bill Walton esque. You, you nailed yeah, it. I think it's, it's more Larry King. King. I think it, uh, when you did Larry King, I thought yeah. it was yeah. Walton's fun, but Larry King, yeah. because Walton is almost this. A fantasy thing. Larry King yeah. is so drive and he drives everything home that I think that's even better for it. Yeah, but he's so flippant too. You don't really want death news from Larry right. King because it's scary because you know the next thing out of it's like scientists warn coronavirus is at the beach. Be careful. Also, Fall TV 2020. Every broadcast show is canceled. Rewind, reorder. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. I love the Larry King reading these because this is my Yahoo is now making more sense than ever because it's Larry King's voice now. Thank but you. But maybe the maybe the algorithm is a Larry King algorithm, <laughs> but you feel like it's going to be halfway through one of the headlines. People everywhere are. Yeah. <laughs> Did Larry die? Did Larry, Larry's dead. Yeah. Number of infections and deaths in New York City are dropping. And the Bella Twins are pregnant at the same time. You know, I'm kind of pissed at this uh, particular <laughs> podcast because uh, I feel like these birds are getting in more than I am. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, they've earned Actually, it. Actually, I'm talking this one. I'm joking. It's a joke. One of the birds just sighed. I just heard a <laughs> If you can right. get a parrot to sigh, send it my way. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it on my shoulder. <laughs> No, I think the world of entertainment's changed. I mean, it's unbelievable what's going on on the internet. You're finding out that celebrities have nothing really to do and that a lot of them, uh, without people around them, can't really create that much that's different yeah. than the average person. I'm finding a lot of that. Um, although somebody reached out to me, which is really cool, another actor, um, and he, he said some writers are getting together to start writing things for people to perform on the internet. I was like, well, that's a cool idea. Then I haven't heard from him since. But, um, <laughs> but I thought that was a, a, a cool idea just to get some actual content because everybody and their uncle are oh. just putting out crap right now. The, the Jack Black thing that uh, oh. you know, him just doing his dance. Him on TikTok. I, yeah, the TikTok. That's the, that's the saddest part of it, is that creative people have dipped down into the, yeah. the muck. Jack Black is funny. Yeah. Jack Black is, is a brilliant musician. Tenacious D is one of the most creative things ever. And now he's, he's vaudevillian fat guy dancing by the pool, and people are saying, brilliant, I needed this. Inspirational, I'm like, Thoughtless. That's my first thought. It was like Jack so much better than that. If it wasn't, if it wasn't Jack Black, it's just oh. another fat guy doing yep. the Russian dance thing. Yes. Yeah. Impressive. You can do that, but I've seen it a billion times. You're right. If it wasn't Jack Black, people have been like hack garbage. Yeah. I, I and it's. I actually find it kind of funny because it's Jack Black, but at the same time, I'm going. Yeah. Ah, I'm only retweeting this. What I call it. Um, school of talk. Yeah. And then you had um, uh, Kung Fu Pandemic. 
Yeah, Kung Fu Pandemic and those both that <laughs> people like. More like the school of schlock. Yeah, does, but that's how, the how thing. Your all's generation. Or, oh, don't do. Really, I'm done with this question. This question. No, next, no, no, next no, question. no. Like, <laughs> that's, a that's a mean-spirited question. You know, it's mean-spirited, and I don't expect anything less from you, Sean. Really, be honest. You're a journalism student. Mean question. Next, Frank. Did you have something? <laughs> when it comes to, I only finish questions for people who completed school. Right, you're a junior. I mean, at best, look, you're one of those 2020 kids complaining you don't get to walk because it's the toughest time for a senior ever. I hearken back to when I dodged Vietnam. That was a tough summer. I mean, a couple of years ago, when Vine was very popular, it gave a lot of people who are now on YouTube, like Logan Paul and, and some other uh internet sensations a platform to really launch themselves creatively but it's six like, seconds yes exactly that's where i'm going with this is you all have didn't have to you had to kind of put in more thought because there's a lot more time that you had to fill than six seconds things are so much more condensed now creatively is especially now with the fact that everybody's at home they don't really have a chance to go out and be creative with other things do you think that this opportunity is going to perhaps limit the creativeness of this generation even further? Or like, is there that much of a gap creatively between your, your generation and my generation? Like I, I'm always curious I've as to what. John, I've seen some good stuff. I saw somebody yeah. like choose your fighter and they're doing the video oh, game. Yeah. Right? And then Hilarious. they've got like the, the, um, the dishwashing gloves on uh, different, different things you'd be doing around the house and put there are people coming up with creative stuff but there are a lot of people just coming up with garbage because they've got yeah, nothing yeah. to do and they just put their crap out that's the problem there's yeah. no gatekeeper to stop yeah. all the crap and then the creative stuff can't get through because the algorithm because there's so much out there okay yeah frank you were the first one that told me that that and, and i and since then i've heard it a lot but you text me when vine started getting big and you said this is the end of creativity yeah. Because it's the, the and, and the book that came out in the I think it was the 80s, maybe 90s. I remember the paradox of choice. Basically, to, to put it in a nutshell, people and Toledo and I've talked about this a thousand times. You essentially have the bargain bin of videos in a big bucket. And when people are faced with the paradox of choice, they usually choose familiar or easy. Um, they're not going to choose Terminator the, or Total Recall. They'll go with something they're familiar with. And the paradox of choice right now is everyone's allowed to, like you said, no gatekeeper. Frank, when, I mean, you and I are a couple years apart, not much. When you'd have a slumber party or whatever, or kids would spend the night at your house, you'd almost inevitably break out a tape recorder, joke around with a video camera, and you and your friends would goof around, do something. Sometimes there was some funny stuff, but not everything was good. Now everything is broadcast. Right. So the creative stuff you have to dig for. And when there's 3,000 things to dig through, no one's digging. So we're, we're falling back into that, like I keep saying, that vaudevillian kind of real fast flower water in the face kind of thing that people are like, that's easy. I know it. I don't have to work. And, and I don't think it's the creativity that dies. I think the audience's creativity kind of just becomes accepting of crap. Okay, but, but it isn't. Levels. But it also isn't just performers too. I mean, you've you've commented all last week about the memes, John. Memes and and people oh. that are putting out pictures and things like that that are supposed to be creative have lost it as well. That all of that stuff yeah. is becoming dead as well. Just, not just performers. Has the time to make them and right. the creative yeah. people are making them and putting right. them out. And no one's no one's being told they're not creative. That's a problem. 
<laughs> it is. Oh, you're right. You're right. right. You, just don't, you just don't have it. This isn't very good. The gatekeeper. No, I mean, my dad would sit and watch something like, that's hilarious. And he goes, that's stupid. Like, it would, that's all it takes is one guy to kind of step on the idea that maybe your idea isn't brilliant. And everybody thinks their ideas are great. And not so all need, of them are. Some are. Some, some people don't need to know. But the cream will rise. It doesn't generationally, uh, throughout all this stuff, the cream will rise. The good stuff will find its way. Here's the thing, John. I keep getting these comments on social media, and I mute the people who uh, don't follow me and, and some stuff like that, so I don't deal with all the outside stuff. But I, there are a lot of things. I redo what I put out over and over yeah. and over until I get it right. I, yeah. Unless there's a mistake, there's like something accidental that happens that's really funny. I keep doing it over and over and over. And even the voiceover stuff, I'll do Summerall and Madden doing something. And I don't like the way one of the Summerall things sounds. I'll cut it out, recut it, just do it, do it over and over and over. Most people don't do that. They just put the stuff out. And when people see my stuff, they're like, that's really good. It's, you, keep, you keep knocking it out of the park thing after thing after thing. Yeah, because in this last one I'm doing, which is a thing with Juliet, I'm literally taking me five days. The Irishman thing that I did took me four right. days. And yeah. that's the stuff that people are like, this is really well done. I'm like, yeah, because it's not me just putting it out. And then last night, I needed something to go out. And it, it's funny because it's Joey and Juliet, like we started the show talking about, it worked, but I pieced it together instead of just putting what we did in one foul swoop. And it, it, you, you have to put some effort into it. And a lot of people don't even understand how to no. put that effort into it. And I'm not trying to say I'm better than people. I don't think that, but I, I, but you are. You product. are. That's the yeah, thing. You are better. That's I want you to say it. I think yeah. that's what I got out of this. Attention. You're to a national treasure, Frank. Can I can yeah. I say you're a national treasure? You I mean, are. You are. are a national plus Virgin Islands, maybe even Puerto Rico treasure. Mm. I know there's oh, territory, territory treasure. Oh, territorial treasure. You're a territorial <laughs> treasure. Territorial. That's the alcohol. You're a territorial treasure. No, I, ask Toledo. You're I'm, TT I'm, boy. Oh. I. <laughs> that's look that one up drop sean the drop the mic right there that's generational <laughs> that'll scare you sean uh, toledo, toledo knows that any recorded bit i do won't make the air because i'll be so miserable with it yeah, i can't yeah. do it. everything has to be spont spontaneity and uh spontaneous on the air because i get so awful when we're like hey let's try to do like i've got an idea for this bit for blah 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 i've always i and i'll write it and i'll put it down and the more i write the more i hate it I'll and tell you right, right now, the I want to do. John, there's no way you'd put anything out if you were recording it with those birds around you. Please, these birds. Are they that loud? I don't yeah, even They're do. pretty loud. Yeah. That's so great. There's one right behind the iPad. I mean, like, he's just It's, it's like you're time. doing a morning zoo. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> it's Yago from Aladdin. He's right behind the iPad. <laughs> Frank, I wanted to ask you about, you know, you, you kind of have this uh, – collaboration you're doing with uh, Rex Chapman with a lot of his videos. How did that begin? And how does that all happen? You and Rex. I just thought some of his stuff. I didn't originally know it was Rex Chapman from Kentucky and the NBA yeah. player. I, I thought it probably was, but I thought it was weird because he has like a Prince icon or something on his picture. None of it made sense, but he was just building and building and building with the blocker charge thing. Right. And uh, I finally realized it was that Rex Chapman. Some people had told me and I just, uh, he retweeted something or I followed him. He followed me back. I don't remember how it went back and forth, but then DMs went back and forth. And I was like, wow, this is really interesting stuff. And I didn't, 
I don't understand how that stuff was even working in terms of you just pull a video, embed it in your own Twitter feed, and then write something interesting. And he, he creates a lot just off, they're almost, they're technically, they're like video memes. Is he'll, a thing will happen and he'll write the meme for it and it'll just take off. And he's, he's broken the algorithm to the point where he can just go off. I thought, hey, this guy already knows what's working. So I will voice over some stuff and change what the stuff that's already working. He liked the stuff and started retweeting that as well. And I started going back and forth with him and just texting back and forth and talking to him about a, a bunch of different stuff. But that's, I mean, it's pretty simple. He seems like a really great guy. He's trying to help a lot of people right now. He's, he's had some struggles with addiction and gone through a lot of different things and he's trying to help other people. Um, and I think that's great. I've done a lot of uh, retweeting of his, uh, uh, some of the foundations, I donated some stuff, uh, donated some money to him as well. So um, that's really it. I think it was a, you know, it was one of those things, but it, he seemed to take to me and he likes a lot of the things I come up with. So he uses them because they get more views for him. Uh, yeah. Build, you know, that's part of the thing. I always thought it was the retweets of the videos themselves. It's not. Some of it is the retweeting of other people who are commenting on your comment and then pushes it out. So uh, there's so much I've been learning from social media. You know, Pat McAfee gave me some basics, but then you start to see the trends and how it all works. And a lot of it, I don't like a lot of it's like Rex, yeah. Rex always makes up a different name for me. Uh, so I'll tweet something and he'll reply, Fritz Calabasas, exclamation point, sunglasses, goat, elbow macaroni. <laughs> Which is like a Harlan Williams bit, buddy. But he'll do that. And then we, I go back and forth and make up a funny name for him. And he's like, this is what I love. Texting in public. Fantastic. You know, it's just yeah. silly stuff. Uh, and I, was, I never got that with social media. People really actually texting how you doing in Twitter. Because it's really right. just seen at that point. Because you can DM, you can text the person. And now I do it and, and do it kind of tongue-in-cheek sometimes. But sometimes like, oh, I just want this to be seen. I'm going to big time and i feel a little gross about it but it it i feel real gross about it so i don't yeah. think but, but isn't the gross part isn't the gross part chasing the audience like what we've talked about and kind of what i feel like i said about jack black and i don't want to make him look bad and bash him but it seems like the the chasing the audience part seems to be common now instead of letting an audience find you and that because there's that too much out there john it's that there's so much out there you have to find, it's like the news trying to grab the yep. attention, except they're way more important. Yeah. See, I, I get pressure at my work to constantly do social media, do this, do that, and I won't do it. And I feel like that is, because my philosophy is leave them wanting more. Right. And I know in a national sense, you can't do it. But it really does make your tweets and your stuff better when you're not constantly doing it. It's so rare that like, oh, when this comes out, I know it's worth my time. Rather than this guy throws a thousand things on the wall. It's the annoying guy that used to sit in school and make a million jokes. One was okay, but like you're like that. That guy's driving me. You know nuts. what? Though? You're you're right. For some generationally, it's a little different. I think sometimes some of the younger people just like that guy puts out a ton of stuff, man. They don't yeah. look and see what it is. Yeah, constantly. That's true. Yeah, Sean, your your generation doesn't mind swinging and missing, do they? Yes, I will agree with that. You, I, yeah. I see that every day. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's forgivable. Whereas before, if Frank put up, if this was 20 years ago and Frank put out three videos that he put on, I mean, even Frank TV to a certain extent, you went out and you put your best foot forward. 
And if it wasn't liked, it, you, you got put back three steps like Candyland. And, and that doesn't happen anymore. When I kept coming up in sports, sports is like it's something you miss, swing and miss. It's strike three. We're not yeah. sure you're coming back next week. Right. And now it's like I put out 20 things this week. One was good. No one seems to mind the 19 brutal misses. Until you get to the highest level, and then they do, then you just only put out stuff. You watch the way a YouTube trend works, uh, somebody who becomes big on YouTube, they start out putting a ton of stuff, more, lots and lots of stuff. They gain an audience. They start to play to the same audience. They start to do the same stuff over and over and over. They get rid of all the stuff they did at the beginning, and then they only do once per week, pretty yeah. much. It would be like five things. But there's actually a, a system to it where you put out the one big thing a week and in between you put behind the scenes of it and all the little parts. Right. And um, the all access stuff. Yeah. yeah. You just create. Well, the funny thing. Well, stuff. you know what? I don't, maybe it isn't generational because as I think about it, I remember watching Phil Rosenthal and Ray Romano uh, interviewed in their last season of Everybody Loves Raymond. And they were both saying we'd gotten to the point, And I guess this is a little different. They'd earned the funny and they realized they were getting laughs on stuff that they were really debating whether or not to even add into the show. Right. And there was a few episodes where they were like, they'll laugh. They weren't trying as hard. They were just saying, good enough. The audience, we've earned it. So the effort wasn't as much. And they're like, they just, they started laughing at everything. And those guys knew deep down, this isn't our best effort. They're laughing because they expect us to be. Robin Williams had that for a while when he just go into the oh, hey, ho. Oh. And that was it. And people would lose their minds. There was that factor of people just kind of forgive it. Now they forgive it immediately. If you give them one good thing, the 20 other things don't matter. And it's, it's just, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird creative time. I do think though, that in times of turmoil, like war and this kind of thing, you'll really see some fun stuff come out of this. Hopefully the internet won't like squash it. It won't last long, but it'll be a couple of weeks of people doing really good stuff. Here's the question I think a lot of the listeners would like to know, because you've been just so prolific, even though you're, I mean, you must be spending a lot of time, Frank, pumping stuff out on social media. And it's been, it's been exciting to me because the quality has been so high, Yeah. but do you, yeah. I mean, it's reason why you've gone from local treasure to national treasure. Territorial. Um, Yes. You're not TT boy anymore. Um, can I, can I, uh, do I have to clean my computer? Cause I looked that up and I wasn't thrilled. <laughs> okay. you Google, you Google search TT boy. I was told to. Oh. Uh, good, good. You should have saved it right. for the end of the show when you didn't no, know what do, things were. Well, yeah, can, I, thought, I, I was hoping you would so we could have Scott. Uh, this is our last you thing. Make, we'll get to the select list. So do you actually make money on Twitter for this? No, Cause no, you no. are, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, because think about how much they're getting from you. Where I look, I've read little pieces about Twitter, and the same with Instagram, right? Neither one you're making any money. No, on this, right? make a ton of money. Oh, you make the money on Instagram. I don't, but people, some people do. Yeah, yeah. You can make it on Instagram. You can make it on YouTube, but Twitter does not have any way to make money. But that's the new world. The new world is put yourself out there, do some quality stuff, and it'll pay back later. Then you, podcast, then you do it. You migrate it to you migrate yeah. your audience over to other stuff. So you build the output, okay. and then you bring Corolla. Corolla. When Frank and I did Corolla's podcast years ago independently, that's all he kept saying was, "My big podcast is not the money maker. 
it's the catalyst for me to advertise all the other things I do. And this was right around Twitter's beginning. It's had to be 2012, 11 when we did that. I don't remember. And he was very adamant. And he was the first one to really jump on the podcast thing and basically say, I get how this, this translates. I have to be everywhere to make the, 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 mid, the money part work. This middle thing is great. All the other stuff is where the money comes in. And that's, that's the basics of, of, I don't understand it. That Irishman thing you did, Frank, I just texted you back. I'm like, that's fantastic. If that was pre-Twitter, pre pre-anything else, and I don't know how it would have worked, just an internet video, that, that becomes iconic legend stuff. Everything, that's my problem. Everything gets so lost on the internet that the great stuff can't survive. And I worry for, I don't know if it matters though. It's just my generation talking. I, will there be another uh, who's on first? Will there be another moment where you're like, man, that's just, that's going to live forever. I don't think, I think everything is very timeline sensitive and it dies and starts anew like every day. There's just, there's just too much out there. It's hard to become yeah. Yep. I, the Irish, the Irishman it. thing, though, is is when you when you watch the Saturday Night Live thing when they did the auditions for Star Wars, right. and that is every time it comes on, you're like, that's maybe the first. It's such a simple idea, but maybe the first time I ever saw it done, and I'm like, that's great, that's brilliant. And now you've seen people copy it, obviously, a thousand times over, but sure. that particular thing lives on forever when you see it. Classic stuff is great. I don't know what's classic anymore. I don't know what can be because the internet drowns stuff. Right. There's just, there's, there's so much out there. Um, let's get to the Salehi list. What's uh, besides a TT boy? <laughs> it's just one thing. It was, uh, it was vacation. Oh, oh I see not even the new one. Uh, Humbert. Hey, wow. Sean, you need, no, you watch it and you get, that's, you got to do it. Watch it okay. and come back and tell us your minute review on what you felt about it. Okay. The old one. The old one, right? Yeah, the old one. Not the new one. Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase. Okay. Yeah, Chevy Chase. And then the other one was, I mean, if you please, Scott, indulge, indulge me in, in what is TT Boy? What is he TT is you? A per, he is a porn actor from the 80s, 90s, I believe. And today. Is he around? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Is he, he's he was, never not around. He was kind of the Keanu Reeves of porn. Like he was the worst robotic <laughs> actor in porn. He couldn't even do porn acting well. So uh, he was kind of a poor man's Peter North. Um, I would put it that way. And uh, but yes. minute, Peter North is Cary Grant. He is Cary yeah. Grant. Peter, yes. No, I would say this. Peter North is more the Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> he's, he's, he's the one that was like everybody's he's the uncle. every man he, Peter North is everybody's <laughs> I wish I was that T.T. Boy was that weird uncle I do too I look I empty both I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say T.T. Boy was no good at porn because he was very good at porn he's he very good at... but he, he he seemed like a bad dude like he, he was in every he was, scene he's he was angry Barb and something about Mary he stuck yeah. out <laughs> yeah Actually, you know what he, you know what's funny voice, about it is? Voice, he would talk about, okay, I'm going to take care of this right now. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, there was a weirdness. <laughs> you do a TT boy impression. Yeah, yeah, I got to go around. Yeah. <laughs> this is the, the best podcast yeah, ever. That's ever, ever. <laughs> now finish. Finish, Frank. I'm uh, done. Yeah. Yeah, and you're screaming. <laughs> I love it. Uh, oh. The best thing about TT Boy was he taught me how not to look crazy during sex. 
Because sometimes in your mind, you get that face and you realize, I'm doing the thing he does. What well, makes it look like it's a little rapey. Yeah. So it kind of changes your mind. Yes, very much back so. In, back to very normal. Much. Don't, don't be TT boy. This is She's here uh, on her own volition. That's what yeah. you have to remind yourself. There, sometimes there was like no hashtag me too ever with a TT no. uh, boy no. video. All right, the uh, possibility of fine. I've been getting a bunch of the messages and stuff about Lovitz. Are we close on that, uh, Jose? On the on a uh, yeah on the animation. Sounded very excited to be. Yeah, wow, well, that's not really because uh, really I, first of all, those, those birds are just remarkable to be able to talk over them. It's not easy. Um, yeah, I'm almost. <laughs> I almost got them. I almost got it done. It probably will be more than likely tomorrow, maybe right, afternoon. So hopefully later this week. We'll have oh, my Lord. If not, it'll be next week. We'll finally have the Lovitz episode. A lot of people. Yeah. Uh, Toledo, number one episode out of the gate, Pat McAfee, right? By far, yeah. yeah. By far. No kidding. And Elon Gold yep. was a big one, too, so it's, uh, yep. it's well to go. That that Let me ask you this. Uh, what, are the, what are the comments? Because I don't follow that kind of stuff. Are people, like, saying, that was great, but I hate John and Scott and Rich and Sean and Jose. <laughs> Never talked. It didn't matter. <laughs> Pretty much. That's uh, a. Yeah. Name. Is that it? Yeah. Damn it. We're there, just here to support you. you. Uh, I'm the Louis Aguilar. Remember yeah, that. You this territorial a, treasure. Of comedy. This is, a great, this is a great podcast. I just hate those birds in the background. Yeah. So no, the, the birds. This one. People love birds. <laughs> <laughs> that John Lovett's uh, podcast, though, is stellar man that yeah. that dude is the way his delivery is and like his no, cadence really. it's remarkable he could he could say anything read anything and it's just funny the way he delivers it yeah none of us know what that's like all right so <laughs> hold on hold on i have a question Jose, are, you are you designing a tank top on your computer behind you yeah yes a tank top this is frank you see him right here no the other one is this that one? you designing a shirt no. Do okay, you have, Jose, do you have a shirt that says, my other shirt is a tank top too? <laughs> I, like, I like Jose's idea sure tying back to what we, what we talked about earlier with Larry King and Bill Walton, where he's like, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson hospitalized. Not good. 2019 <laughs> SUV prices may be rattling auto industry. Very good. Jealous? Jealous? His, his bipolar news might work. <laughs> All right. That's okay. it. Everybody go home. Everybody go in your go inside your house. I guess we're <laughs> Time to yeah. go to the grocery Jose. store. Jose. Time to go to the grocery uh, store. Jesus. It's time to go to uh, everywhere. I mean, no. I don't know. Anywhere there's Stay people, home. I'm going to go. Stay home. Stop <laughs> walking around. Scott, where, how can people get your shirts? Uh, I'll put it up on Twitter at Scott Comedy. Follow me there, and uh, yeah, I've got some different shirts I'll be putting up. I, I got to buy tank tops, I guess, just so uh, at least Jose one for Jose. Have one too. Yeah, kind of a TT boy body. Jose, <laughs> jealous? Are you jealous? Not totally well. jealous. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Well. Zoom meeting's ending. Thanks, guys.